0: Welcome to the Black Women Working Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. How are we doing, everyone? Yeah, good, thank you.
1: Good, 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 good. I'm great, man.
0: Good, okay, so this is our first episode of season three. Scroll. Yeah,
2: yeah. we back. Zoop, zoop. Wow. And- back? Back again.
0: <laughs> 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 You're not serious. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. a lot has happened since we sat down to record season two. Like, when did we start recording season two?
2: Earlier this year. Was it February or something? I don't even know. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Before everything went to. Before the
0: world exploded, basically. COVID, Black Lives Matter, just everything. Kobe, Gianna, Gianna, boy, everybody. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Pop Smoke. Was that that this year as well? Yeah, Pop Smoke. -mm. Wow, so 2020 has really. It's been active. Boy. It's been active, mm. but yeah. So we're excited to start the new season. But um even in between seasons, we've really tried to connect. so We've had our last talk about episodes. We've been doing our Instagram lives. You know, our trying to be like you, sis. And we've also started with our newsletters. So this is just a shout out to all of Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what. <laughs> Do you know what that is? That's because carnival didn't happen this year. So we got all this energy. Yes,
3: yes. Yes.
2: (laughs) So
0: I just want to do a shout out to all our new followers. The thank you for engaging, but also to thank you to our day ones as well. So please follow us on all of the socials, BWW Podcast UK. Please check out our new website, blackwomenworking.co.uk. Our website's got a link to every single episode we've put out there. And it's also got a link to sign up to our mailing list as well. And if you want to get in touch with us, just drop us a quick email at blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Yeah. So our quote of the day is, I hope you guys like this, is if they come for me in the morning, they will come for you in the night by Angela Davis. Mm. That's a tough one. And so basically, we are going to be talking about activism at work. So we kind of discussed this on one of our Instagram lives, but I felt because of the situation that we're in. And um, just the way things are gonna unfold over the next few months, it was good just to have this as like a full blown episode, just so that we can really get into the nitty gritty details. That's Tolu's favorite phrase: the nitty gritty. Is it?
2: I don't even clock that, you know. Yeah,
0: and you say that a lot, <laughs> a, lot, a lot. Pay me then. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the reason I kind of picked that quote is because I was in a vibe where I was thinking to myself: we hear a lot of people talking about activism and the different forms that it takes, whether it's just people going to, not riots, but go to protest, or whether it's people doing things at work, or other things. And part of me was just thinking, like, some people think it's their role to protest, some people think it's their role not to, but ultimately, kind of, the protest and raising awareness benefits everyone, and so it's like, if you don't really get involved, do you really not deserve to reach, do you get what I mean, not deserve to reach the mm. benefits, but... Can you really kind of sit there and not get involved, or is there different ways that we can all get involved? Mm. Do you see what I mean? What do you think, girls? Yeah,
1: but what's it? What's it called? Like not kind of off topic, but isn't it pacifism?
2: Eh? Or you know,
1: no, you know, like in war, there. Yeah, are pacifism.
2: Have, when people yeah. don't want to, they no. So, it's when they want to. Don't they don't want to use violence, so they can still have an opinion, but they exactly. don't want to use no, violence. No, but usually
1: that's the, that's also includes like the nurses. And the people who might maybe take stuff from the ships to the to the battlefield, but they're not actually on the front line of the violence. They're not called pacifists.
2: They're just doing their job. No, then it's then there's
1: another word for it. But my point is, even at war, there are people who won't fight on the front line but will support the war. So, So, like support workers, sort of. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
2: Many My others. point is, mm-hmm.
1: it is okay if you are not on the front line, you still yes. have a valuable role to play. Yes.
2: <laughs> Agreed.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I think that's when we start talking about activism at work, sometimes a question always comes up like, can you be an activist and still be professional? Like, can you have a career and still be an activist? Like, are the two mutually exclusive? So like, just setting the scene quickly. I'm not gonna go on too long because you know Tolls is gonna get onto me. The, time going... keeper the timekeeper, nah, you get me. We
2: people demonize me, man. Now people need to know what we're
0: going through. <laughs> <laughs> we need you... no, <laughs> Tolls, We love you. We love you. We love you. But um, just sitting, just kind of set in the background. So I'm not gonna go into it too much because you guys, it's your lived experience. We had COVID nineteen, mm. so you had disproportionate effect on, um they say BAME, but really, to me, it's the black community. That's where my heart is. Mm. They a real, you know, we don't have an assessment of why this happened. But ultimately, one of the main reasons they brought up this happens because as black people and black women, we're more likely to be the frontline workers. So we look at Bailey Majinga, who's just doing her job, died of COVID. The frontline nurses in Lewisham. There's been so many other examples of black women having to continue work. We've seen majority of people that have died in the NHS from COVID Mm. were bane people. But you know, I saw, when I looked into it and I looked at the examples, I saw black women.
2: Mm. So Mm.
0: ultimately people might be thinking, oh, but what's Black Lives Matter and COVID and what's that got to do with work? It's got everything to do with work because Mm. depending on what type of job you have, that really depends on your exposure, right? Mm -hmm. So like, what for us, like, what is activism like outside of protest?
2: oh um i think activism outside of pro uh, protest um kind of just in entails like speaking out about things and it, when i say speaking out i don't mean someone has to have a twitter account an instagram account and just be posting stuff constantly yes that is a form of speaking out but it's not the only thing i think there's a kind of public speaking out but there's also like the kind of private conversations that happen offline maybe that's with your family whether that's your with your friends and colleagues i think those are all forms of activism as well and um maybe also in your actions as well like how you respond to certain situations can be a form of activism in itself so activism is a very broad term and of course we shouldn't just kind of minimize it to that whole concept of you know the people that are out there at the front of the protest with the mega speakers or holding the banners
1: what do you think think, shan i think it's i think so on one on one layer i've always said it's about the way you show up being authentically you And not worrying about whether or not you're presenting as too black. Like,
0: that's the first, that's for me is the first What do you mean? What what do you mean too black? Let Mm. me do devil's advocate. What do you mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, when people are like, some people, I don't know, because I'm not going to go down the road. I'm not going to go down the, oh, you're so articulate. Not that. But there'll be parts, say, for example, some of the issues that we raised in previous episodes, like what food you bring to, to lunch because you're worried about if it's going to smell when you warm it up or whether or not you wear <laughs> your traditional print, you choose black and navy instead of actually being vivacious and colourful or whether you feel like you need to wear a wig with straight European hair rather than your Afro hair. All those things that some people... Um, you know really deeply consider because they feel like their blackness is going to be received with discomfort in the workplace so my first thing would be show up show up as who you are be black be present and then um and then it's about not staying silent in that not every day a fight but i think i definitely think like in the black lives matter movement people definitely feel more comfortable to be like yo you know what you did there that was a microaggression end of conversation, instead of like... Do you think so?
2: Yeah, so? Mm. Yeah. Explain I it a
1: percent. bit more. I feel like, so there's things that people might say. So, for example, let's go with uh, something stupid, like, oh, what's your boyfriend's name? Jermaine. Like, mm-hmm. mm, that's a microaggression. Mm-hmm. And because of everything that's happened over the last month, it's just been over a month, people know what a microaggression is, and you know what I'm saying. Well, if you, you don't you know what I mean, then you want to be do. like... But if you don't, if you, the point is, if you don't, so mm-hmm. if, I would assume with everything that's happened, you do know. So from I say that's a microaggression, I'm calling out your racist behaviour.
2: Mm-hmm. If
1: you don't, I feel like there's definitely now more room for a conversation that says, actually, that, that is not okay. And I feel like there's a lot more people who will feel in good stead to call out certain behaviour because of, that the spotlight that we've had for the last month
2: Mm. okay I agree in that sense actually to be honest
1: um and and it's it's still a for for a lot of us it's still a scary thing to do because you know there's still that typical oh I was only joking or you've got a chip on your shoulder Mm. but I definitely feel like speaking to my white colleagues that people are treading on Mm eggshells people are like wondering about what they say or more inquisitive or more engaged and obviously i I'd like to think that I work with white people who are absolutely fine to work with mm. in the way they present and the values and, um, you know, the type of work that we do. But they're still having cautious and inquisitive conversations with me, knowing that, oh, snap, there are things that I have to learn. Even if they don't do them this themselves, hearing it is like... they've learnt about our experiences in such a way that they're definitely more aware now.
2: I think that on some level of course that's correct but i also think there's some people who have been emboldened by this movement and have gone into their workplaces, and spoken to their colleagues and be like actually that's not correct and they've been met with the same ignorance if not even worse mm-hmm. so really? yeah Do you have I've, examples of that um it? i've definitely had um a friend kind of relay that kind of situation back to me i'm not going to go into too much detail because yeah, that's yeah, yeah, spreading yeah. someone's business yeah. but yeah it was just total like It was just a crazy situation where it left them feeling just like really bad and just like, wow, this place is inherently racist and they're not Mm. interested in any way, shape or form kind of examining that or examining anything. So I think it just kind of depends the context in which people work. I think uh, people are still kind of impacted by the reservations or the things that held them back before. I feel like in certain sectors there is that kind of privilege to be able to have these discussions a bit mm-hmm. more, but in other sectors perhaps maybe more some of the more frontline ones, maybe where people are a bit more vulnerable in terms of job security, maybe if someone's like a porter or a cleaner or a taxi driver and mm-hmm. stuff, I don't feel like they... This is my presumption, by the way, but I, I presume that that kind of level of freedom to have such a discussion or call those certain things out are not really there, but again, I don't know. I'm just presuming.
0: See, my thing is, I think it's it's very different for people who um, are not like back in the office yet, because ultimately, yes, like I, have, I've, I've had like one conversation with someone about BLM because I brought it up. So a lot of people, because we saw it happened in waves, right? Because we saw what happened with George Floyd, we saw the res- response to it, Breonna Taylor as well. And then we saw the black squares. Then we saw like the corporate statements. But mm-hmm. I think where people haven't actually been into work unless someone's actually reached out to you like where's that conversation been because ultimately i'm getting ready to go back into the office but no one's reached out to you You had all that check on your black colleagues but no one's reached out to me to see how i was no one's even kind of raised it no one's brought it up with me so me going back into the office then where it's going to be a different thing of well what do i do because ultimately i'm completely out on a limb Mm. because everyone's seen what's happening everyone knows i'm black but nobody said
2: anything they're not going to even a lot of people are not going to say anything i'm just going to be very real because it's too awkward a lot uh, Mm. too awkward and also there is that kind of whole thing that's been projected out which i totally agree with like we're tired of being asked i I don't actually Mm. want my colleagues to come and uh, don't ask me any questions go and read the book Mm. and then yeah go and read the book i i don't actually want to talk about these things like i've been like just it's just been too much there's so much i've absorbed over the past couple of months i don't want to have another conversation about this with a white person who could potentially say something which will make me want to slap them in their mouth i don't want it i'd rather they just read a book and don't bring it up to me and i see it in their actions as opposed to oh let's sit down and talk about this black lives matter i'll just say respectfully no
3: um for me um the ceo of my um organization He came out and, like, he had group communications where they were talking about all things kind of COVID and what they're going to do moving forward. But he also addressed um, Black Lives Matter. And he was, like, how he feels as though, because we're in such a diverse organisation, he fully supports the movement. And if any colleagues that are of colour want to do certain things and have certain awareness days, he's on board and rah, 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 rah. rah, Which is his way of basically saying, I see what's going on, but as it's COVID... I think it is good, but we'll see how far he's going to go with it, because we don't know. Like, Obviously, right now it's COVID, so certain things won't be able to take place until we're back in the workplace, and who knows how long that's going to take. So we'll see if he sticks to his word, but I'm happy that he addressed it, and he said, you know, this is how I feel about it. So Would you see it,
2: it as kind of a little bit of your responsibility as an individual who works in that arena to kind of chase up and follow it? I'm just thinking back to like this whole topic of activism at work. Mm-hmm. Would you see it as a thing where it's a responsibility of the organization to make sure they do that, or do you see it as a kind of personal in- responsibility on your side to s- say, if you don't see those things happening to be like, remember when you said X,Y,Z, how what's going on with this?"
3: Oh, I'm the queen of calling people out so I'll be the first <laughs> one. I'll be the first one, especially with this particular organisation. If I don't see things coming into fruition, I'm just going to be like, um, I have the date in my calendar, so I will always remember what he said on that date. And I won't be afraid to, like, call him out because I just feel like you can't be saying these things as a CEO of an organisation and then expecting nobody to call you out on it, especially if you're not going to deliver. So for me, um, I'm hoping that he will stick to it. And if there's any chance of me being involved in any of these things I will definitely put myself forward and try and encourage others to as well because I think it's very important especially with the demographic of who works at the organization there's a lot of women of color men of color so I feel like yeah definitely I'll be doing that
0: because that's I think when you're beginning to like call people out you have to like evaluate like your own position at work So I feel like if you're senior and you've got a good, not a good reputation, but you've been at the company for a long time, you might feel a bit more comfortable to call out or to say, you know, why haven't we said anything on Black Lives Matter? Or why aren't we doing anything? Or what can we do compared to someone who maybe is a bit more junior, but still is the only black person that doesn't have that position? Because I mean, like we've seen like John Berger, Jackie Einar, We've seen Mm -hmm. so many people now saying they're not working with particular brands. When I say people, I mean influencers, but they're not working particular brands, they're not doing this, they're not doing that, and calling out everyone under the sun. But ultimately, those people are making, like, a personal sacrifice, but they're doing it. Not even, it's not even a criticism to them, but they're doing it at a time where everyone's doing it. So if you look at, like, Monroe, when she wrote that post about white supremacy, L'Oreal dropped her. Like, well, I think, was it about two years ago this happened? Yeah, 2017. But this is when, like, the BLM conversation wasn't prominent not that it wasn't in fashion but it wasn't something we we're talking about so ultimately like how do we continue to keep the conversation going because we're already seeing a slowdown and it's been a few months like where do you think we're going to be in six months time in six months time when no one's talking about black lives matter anymore rachel are you still going to feel comfortable to be like yeah i'm going to call this person out mm. like how 100%. do you think you, you're going to still keep I'll that same energy
3: out. i'll call anyone out 100 percent because i still feel like Black lives matter every single day. They matter before the movement became what it is now. And they will continue to matter as long as I'm alive, as long as there's a black person alive. So um, I will continue to call people out. Um, I don't care if it's not in fashion anymore. I feel like it's my duty. And as a member of the black community, I will
0: continue to do.
2: Here, hear. So.
3: <laughs> I have to, I have to. I'm sorry, like, I can't, like so many things have happened to us and have been continuing to happen to us i, I can't let it slide but especially at workplaces where we spend majority of our work yeah, the, is there like mm. no i have
1: to do you I think, think like it's okay. even more important that we do because for me in terms of what you were saying that i'm i'm positioned where i'm not the angela davis of society i'm not going to do any prison yeah. time and i'm not going to riot on the streets But I also know that I have more of a power to stand in than the juniors, than the cleaners, than the Mm. people who really feel like they've got no voice. And so in terms of like, you know, back to the beginning of the conversation, how can you be an activist? What does it mean? I know what I can't do, but I know that I'm able to do more than certain people who can do, who feel like they can do even less than me. And that's why. It's even more important that I use my voice because your quote was, you know, if they take you in, the, if they take you in the morning, they'll take me at night. Mm-hmm. Or there was another one, sorry, I can't remember who it was, but um, the quote goes, "If you don't talk up, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it."
3: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: for that, it's like I've got to use my voice. I have to. Everything has been the path has been laid in every sort of way from three hundred years ago till now. It would be negligible to not, what, to hold someone to account for something negligible that they've even. actually said they'll do, even if it was for performative purposes.
0: Yeah. So, like, in terms of, like, practical ways that people become activists at work, I mean, are there... Like, what, do you, what are you talking about practical steps? Aside from calling people out because your CEO said he's going to do stuff for Black Lives Matter, and then in <laughs> nine months' time, you're kind of looking at him like, huh, hello? But aside from that, like... I mean, I've seen people try and do it through networks. Mm. I know we talked about that in the B and BAME and, and stuff like that. But ultimately, I feel that's mixed because can you really be an activist network when you are within a system and you need a budget from an organisation? Does it really work? Mm. Do Definitely. you know what I mean? Like because you're, what you're trying to do is do it within a system that does that's not designed for you, and how much impact will you really have? But also I had one friend who kind of, they came to him, he's the only black man in their organisation, in the HR team. They asked him to write an article, then didn't let him send the article about his own personal experiences as a black man because it was going to offend people. <laughs> so then part of me is like, hes I, I know this person personally, like, I know he's putting in the work. He's someone who is, he's in a diversity and inclusion role, actually. So diversity inclusion, not that diversity inclusion equals activism, but, diversity and inclusion is his job that's what he gets paid his salary for and someone asked him for his experiences as a black man and this is in the thick of all this blm situation that we're in and they were like no nah, you need to take this out it's too this It's too that it's so like when we're talking about being an activism at work apart from calling people out like what are we actually talking about
2: uh, it's it's literally like it's um i'm a, I'm gonna go deep here it, it's literally a metaphysical transformation of mind but it's not our mindsets it's just the people that we work with that have these uh, and yeah. beliefs and hold these beliefs and we can't really change that they have to be of the mindset within themselves that that's something that they want to address all yes. we can do is say this is why this is offensive and you shouldn't do that but if at the end of the day like it really pisses me off to hear that he was asked to do that and then they weren't ready to hear it so what is the point and I think this is something that we're going to have to face moving forward. Like a lot of people, a lot of companies are going to do that whole performative thing is, oh yeah, you know, we want you to talk about your experiences and just let us know what's going on. But when they get the real rap, raw truth, they're going to look at it and say, no, 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 no. Okay, we didn't ask you to be that, you know, out there. You know, can you tone it down a little bit? Can, And then it's just, it's just going to be really demoralizing for a lot of people and a lot of yeah. people are going to feel like going back into their shell and be like do you know what nothing's the same thing is happening anyway it's like the quit. it's the status quo has been maintained so why should i even bother doing anything so it, it's it's difficult i think it's one of those things that we just kind of have to feel it out as we go along and just do what we can do within our power but also know that if the places or the systems that we're approaching don't want to hear about it and from us there's not really much that we can do um, to make them we can move within ourselves and organize within ourselves to create places that are safe for us and then eventually just migrate there same way like we're migrating spending our money in certain places, do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean that's what we're going to have to do, we're going to build it, we're going to have to build it from scratch and and just do that but yeah it's difficult, this activism at work one is a difficult one because I'd like to stand here and say yeah every time someone says something mad yeah I'm going to be like no but in reality Reality,
0: do you know what I mean? Like, because I think, like, what it, what it is it? People don't get is it's actually exhausting to be black. So, for example, <laughs> you, you, go on Twitter because you want to catch one, two banter and then oh, you see come like on. police brutality. Fam. And it's just kind of like, okay, you killed my mood. Like you I'm gonna have to do an hour of meditation just to get my positive vibes back. Literally. And this is all before like, this is all before eight, eight, a- eight, yeah, <laughs> nine a.m., yeah, yeah, nine p.m. So by the time I've even got into work, I've got all that in my head, and yeah. then someone's gonna come and start saying some something off key at the coffee machine, and by mm. then, do I even have energy to come and fight them? And I remember, like, <laughs> listen, guys,
3: no, 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 we are the strongest people on this. What's earth. What's this, Rachel? Our time is coming. Oh, now, we've
2: <laughs> we said, don't les- worry, guys. spell with this whole we're the strong, strong people. Listen, I'm vulnerable. Listen, I'm a human listen, being. I've got I think, emotions. I think for me, like
0: the way I took activism at work was just simply, I'm just going to have conversations. So I'm just going to throw it out there. So I had a conversation. I'm lucky because I'm in a US company, and the US side of our company has a lot of black partners, and they are not. They're not capping. They're very, very real. So they had like a international call talking about what we're gonna do here there and I sent an email about the situation in the UK and we're raising funds and we're doing things. They were even like telling people, send us your pictures of you protesting at Black Lives Matter protests and like they were like posting them and emailing them around saying how they're so proud of everyone. But I feel like my firm is a weird, weird, weird exception. That being said, like my activism was just having conversations at work but also having conversations with like industry bodies. And I remember there's one conversation that I had and they were kind of like, yeah, well, we can't be more diverse because we don't really know that many black people. <laughs> and I was just like... So, <laughs> find the point so, is... Love but you, you, so I was just like... So I had a conversation <laughs> with them for like an hour, brought people in and... It, Did they pay I, you for that? No. So Hell no. I, it's like, after I was thinking, right, can I really be keeping... Keep this up. ...because my work <laughs> energy. Because <laughs> one phone call, I had to go and lie down. It's lucky I was working from home. <laughs> from home claims so,
3: expenses expenses now do you know
0: expenses. what i mean so it's, it's like i get your break to what you're saying like we're the strongest like race in history duh, 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 duh. what but like <laughs> yeah. i'm tired after uh, that no like, guys don't
3: get me wrong don't get me wrong no, now we understand you. we are we have we are vulnerable as well we're not just strong yeah. strong strong and we're not we haven't got anything that you know do you know you guys know what i'm saying yeah. but what i'm trying to say is that there are going to be things and that are in our past that are going to be harder than other races that we're going to have to deal with. Mm. And as people, we have to think of ways to get around that.
2: Like, I'm going to be real honest with you, yeah, like, w- beginning all of this, I really had the vim of all my ancestors and other people's ancestors <laughs> behind me. Now, nah, seriously, I was like, on it. Your I ancestors was, <clears throat> and other people's honestly, ancestors. I was watching everything, every video, I was up in every conversation, not necessarily Roots. contributing to them, because I've I, I've experienced growth, and I, I understand that I don't have to be triggered by every stupid person on the internet. Yeah, yeah. But now, I'm not going to lie to you, when I go online, I don't want to see anything. I literally i'm in that headspace right now i don't want to see anything i don't want to hear about anything because as of yet me personally i haven't come up with any kind of practical solutions or um ways in which i feel i can impact the situation when i do then i'm going to enter the fray again but right now i'm on a sabbatical i'm on a break i've taken it enough i need a moment to kind of step back recalibrate and think about how i can uh practically and tangibly yeah. progress this whole um activism. But the one thing I love about it is there's always someone somewhere that's gonna have energy when you need to lie down. And that's what I love about it. We can we can all do it in shifts so that everyone is not completely like burnt out. Like when I think of like activism burnout, I think of um I think of Erica Garner, like at yeah. twenty seven years old, she passed yeah. away like fighting for the fighting for the rights of justice for her father and for other people. Mm-hmm. And every time I think about that, I'm just like 27 years old, you know, A baby, I, like, I still can't even believe that occurred. And I think about, you know, Khalif Browder's mother and the, his yeah. family and other people that these bad things have happened to and their family members have passed away because it's completely like broken their hearts. And I just think, um, it's all, it's good that we're doing all these activism things, but we also need to make sure that we're managing, along with that, like our mental health um, in that context as well. Otherwise, it does have the potential to kind of just bring us to the point of no return. So I think it's, it's good when we're working with others, with our activism, so that we mm-hmm. can carry the load when somebody is not able to.
1: But I think, see, I, I totally agree with you, but I think this is also we're in a dangerous place like whilst i'm optimistic i think we're in quite a dangerous place because we because we are so tired and so if one of us and then two of us and then many more of us be like i'm not going to educate you because you need to listen to a podcast or read a book and then expect and then expect the other being the corporates the system the organisation or our white um colleagues to take action and then they don't I think like the very least we can do is hold them to account whether that's you know in a line management saying oh do you know I I just wanted to raise that six months ago this was said or I'm pretty sure most organizations do an annual review like an online survey yeah. and you and you bring it up and call it up I think like we've got to be whilst we have to look after ourselves we've got to be careful to not sleep on it and be like because
2: the movement happened that they're all acting on it no i totally agree with you but that's why i said it needs to be like a relay race so somebody needs a break yeah. somebody else is picking up the bat and running mm. with it it has to be that constant pressure like on their necks like apply pressure all the time but mm. the same person doesn't have to be doing it 24 7 we need to be a bit more systematic about it so that we all don't burn out at the same time yeah
0: Yeah, and I think as well... united front, yes. Yeah, and also, this is why it's so important to build your network of black women in your industry because ultimately, Mm. this is where we can be doing information sharing and tactic sharing. Mm. So I know if I want to think about what my workplace can be doing, I can talk to black women that work in other law firms. Like, what is your law firm doing? Like, what did you say? What conversation did you have? And then we can begin to share information so I'm not having to sit there and brainstorm and think about things from scratch all the time, even though I am one of two black women like professionals in my workplace so for me like there's always this kind of standard routes i'm making sure there are more black people hired practically what we can do do to improve that but also kind of challenging like having those conversations with hr but ultimately i don't have to go into every situation as a newbie i can hopefully be able to talk to someone else who's doing a similar thing going through similar thing and say look sis what did your firm do because my firm ain't done anything so what you know i want to do something but do you have any ideas and i think that's where that relay race comes in if you don't have someone else in your firm that that is a black woman as well or a black man but like another question i wanted to ask i think we should kind of end on this one really is like how do we measure success like when we're going to look at what we've gone through in 2020 the revelations the statistics the police brutality companies being called out for having you know lack of um black senior leadership, mid, mid-level mid leadership, you know, high black attrition rates. Like, what are we going to... What is our measure of success when we look at this in six months' rather and 12 months' times? I know we're talking about being activists, but not when will we stop, but when will we be happy with the progress that's been made? Ooh. I feel like that is such a hard question. Very yeah. difficult question. That. I know you know me with the tough questions. Oh, <laughs> but I've, I've been thinking
1: about this since we did the live, in terms of, like, and I think I said this to you, you know, like, if you have a maternity policy, there are reasonable adjustments because this person is pregnant, so they need to use the lift or they need the key to the toilet that's nearest to their their office or their room. Like, there's reasonable adjustments. And I've been thinking so hard about what does it mean to be a black person in the workplace and what would I expect to see? Because it's very easy to, like, not easy but it's easy from a higher level to say okay we're going to make sure that we recruit more diversely that we close the um the ethnicity pay gap and those sort of things but the day-to-day experiences of what it means to be a working black woman I feel Mm -hmm. like it's so hard to pull out a measure of success without it without blurring the lines between like um subjective um issues so for example i know of a colleague who received an email from a bame person not necessarily black and they were like yeah i feel like i've been discriminated against because of x y and z Mm -hmm. and to be very very honest from what i know of that story this person has used the black lives matter movement to play the race card yeah i'm saying it i feel like he was playing a race card because actually there are a lot of things that alluded to the person being quite incompetent Mm -hmm. and there was a personality clash because of the different working approaches which weren't necessarily related to race and so it's so the line is so fine in some instances um it's not always obvious to get measurables and i am Like I said, I'm deeply thinking
0: about that at the moment. Tolls, I heard you breathing. What do you think? (laughs)
2: Because I was still thinking. (laughs) Um, So how do we measure success? I think in... Because there's two ways that success can be measured. Like There's the quantitative way and there's the qualitative way. The qualitative way, I would say, would just be kind of in terms of black people entering the workplace or black women i should specify and just their experience of the workplace are they going in are they still experiencing microaggressions are people still calling them aggressive when it's actually being assertive things like that Mm -hmm. so a way to measure success would be if um a black woman is allowed to just be an employee just like any of the other employees of different races without kind of like racially racial stereotypes being applied to her and um facing that kind of commentary those are the qualitative things and to be fair with you not every black woman entering a workplace may even experience those in the first place so everybody's uh, measure of success is going to be different that's quite um that would be quite a subjective thing in quantitative terms oh that one is hard that's what i find really hard to kind of nail down because you're right what what figures would be enough what statistics would be enough to be fair i don't think we're going to reach a point where it's going to be enough anytime soon and if we start asking people what is the quantitative measure of success everybody's going to have a different answer so for me personally i think i lean more towards like just the environment changing and feeling less kind of racially tense and mm-hmm. people enduring all those kind of things I would consider that um a success and people and black women just being able to do their job and yeah. excel and get on with it and just having the same same access to opportunities as any other counterpart in the workplace that that's all I can say for now to be honest I, I kind of think... like that to be fair of you go on Rach go on
3: I think for me everything that's been said i agree i think in my own situation as i already work with a lot of black women and a lot of other black individuals in my workplace i think that um i don't know i, I would like us as black women to be respected
0: more yeah currently yeah.
3: i feel like you know some of the the black people black women that i see in the senior positions they're not respected and i feel like that's not what I would want. I wouldn't want a black woman to go into a senior role or a role and they're not respected, but they're hired because they're black. I want us to be respected within the workplace, respected for our work, respected for the way we dress, respected for the hairstyles that we want to wear or whatever we want to do, we're respected and we're not, oh, she's aggressive or, oh, I don't like the food that she ate today. I want us to be respected in all manner, of things that we do there. Particularly our work and the sacrifice that we we all make to go to work. Like, I think that would, for me, be successful.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I just want to see more black people in general in positions, in senior positions. I want to see, especially my industry, where we already, as the legal profession, we have a serious issue just from a terms of like access to justice, because if you have Mm. a a justice system, which is like 95% white, but the majority of people going through and being processed through it are ethnic minorities. You've just got literally, you know, a manifestation basically of slavery in terms of you have white people again, Mm. making decisions and judging the behaviors of those from ethnic minority and working class backgrounds. That aside, so, kind of coming back to it I think I just want to see more black people and I mm. always a lot of people have been a lot of firms have been like releasing their interns photos of their kind of intern intake and the first thing I'm looking at now is to see that where's a black person where's a black person where's a black person and I'm still not seeing it so for me it's not just the numbers in terms of entry-level but I want to be able to see at least 10 to 20 more women at my stage in two years' time, in two years' time, just like I want to see the numbers. If there's like five percent black women, I want that number to go up to ten percent. And I feel like we kind of move away from targets, quotas, and numbers because they can be very um misleading. Because you can have more black people and still have institutional racism. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what I want to see, just on a basic level. On top of everything you lot said as well.
2: Mm-hmm. I just want the
0: numbers. But yeah, guys, I think we're gonna have to come to an end right tolls is that right we've got a bit more time <laughs> don't at me man. <laughs> she's looking at her clock like
3: oh I, know. God, going
0: over. I know but um <laughs> guys I just want to thank you so much for listening to our first episode of season 3 I'm so excited that we are here um and i hope that this has been beneficial if you've got any comments you want to give any feedback you just want to keep the conversation going please engage with us using the hashtag hashtag bww podcast uk or adding us on instagram or twitter at bww podcast uk you can always email us or dm us if you have any questions our emails is blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com and remember tell a friend to tell a friend to tell, to tell a friend. friend yes <laughs>
2: Oh, right. I think we're supposed to say bye here. I was oh. like,
0: uh, I was getting ready. I was oh, like, literally like <laughs>
2: okay, guys, should we say bye?
0: Yeah. Bye. bye. <laughs>